Skunk ape, and it completely altered the course of my life. I found a skull. I think you guys are going to want to come film this. Put him out, put him out, put him out, put him out, put him out. Put him out. I just see it. I just see it. Sightings of a UFO hovering over a barn. Millie woke up from a dream, and when I went into the bedroom, she said, There's a monster on the wall. They saw that the creature had run through a barbed wire fence, they were able to obtain hairs. They sent the hairs to their lab and it came back as an unknown creature. Welcome back to the most bizarre show on the internet. I am the one, the only Shane Squatch, alongside with... Uh, what wrestling nickname have I not done yet? Uh, I'm the Macho Man, Orin Felix. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I guess I'll just be just Jenny again for today. <laughs> I appreciate the just Jenny, though, because we get ridiculous with the name. So it's almost <laughs> brings it back down. <laughs> so uh, today for you guys, we have another interview, as we tend to be doing lately. But uh, we will have some deep dives coming up in the future. But we'll try to keep it relatively short for you guys. So as far as news and updates go... Uh, gonna say it again, Squonkapalooza. That's gonna be happening on August 26th in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. It's a free event, so anybody that wants to come out there, if you're willing to make the trip, it's free. So uh, let us know if you guys are coming out. We definitely love. Well, I would definitely love to see it because only 33% of the team's gonna be there. But you know what's <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to be able to put a face to the name. So if any of you guys are coming out, uh, let me know, and at least I can you know point at you, and be like, hey, I know that guy. I swear I've seen that person before. So. And uh, maybe if we're lucky, maybe uh, all of us and the listeners can convince Orin and Jenny to possibly come up. But if not, then there will be another event another time. (laughs) And uh, another side piece of updated info. uh, We are now on TikTok as much as I did not want to have to do that. Um, But I'm posting uh, clips of the show, uh, updates for stuff. Um, Should be throwing in some fun blooper reels such as Bizarre Encounters After Dark that we've been talking about for a while on here. So if anybody's interested in that type of video content, we are going to be doing more of that kind of stuff. And uh, same with YouTube. I'm going to be taking like 10-minute clips of interesting parts of the shows, uh, throwing those up on YouTube, and uh, again, possibly doing some fun blooper reels, different stuff over there. But if anybody has any ideas for some video content they would like to see as far as we go, let us know, and I will definitely do what I can to coordinate that and make it happen. And kind of in that same vein, you guys know the deal. If uh, anybody out there wants to make any suggestions for maybe local lore topics in the future or any other subjects or guests for us to have on, do the internet things. Like I always say, contact us uh, through social media or the email address, bizarreencounters at outlook.com or the submission form on the link tree. And if you guys aren't already, don't forget to go and follow us on social media. I already referenced the TikTok, of course, but Instagram is the one that we are the most active on. Uh, We also have a Telegram and a Discord. Uh, Discord, we're, as usual, still building up. So if anybody wants to hop in there and have some awesome conversations with people, it's more appreciated than you guys will ever know. 
And uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. You guys can, one, donate to the show directly through Red Circle. Uh, you guys can also join the Patreon, and there you'll get early access to episodes. Uh, you'll get lives of episodes, live replays if you're not able to make it to the episodes, which is the raw video format of the episodes. Uh, exclusive merch store discounts. Uh, we're going to be doing some monthly hangouts and stuff over that way. So a lot of cool, fun stuff going on over there. So there's multiple tiers. Go and check it out. Figure out which one suits you the best. And uh, the third option, of course, is that you guys can go and buy some awesome Bizarre Encounters and Bite Size Bizarreties merchandise off of the Open Minds Media merch store. My one request, of course, is that if you guys go and get some of that awesome merchandise, if you guys don't mind sending us some pictures of you guys wearing it, uh, we'd love to repost it on the pages and show that there's love and support for the show out there. Because, uh, again, without the love and support of the show, the show's never going to grow. We're never going to be able to expand the show and do all the crazy things that we want to be able to do. Uh, same with donating. That's going towards us being able to go to events, uh, continue to grow the show. So at least if you guys donate to the show, you guys can say that you guys help this show grow. And uh, of course, we'll give you a bunch of shout outs along the way. And uh, while you're doing that, don't forget to go and check out Joe at Crypto Theology. Killing it over there with all of his awesome designs. Uh, recently dropped the Dark Watcher design, which is pretty damn sweet. Um, he also did a Mothman Crow reference that was pretty damn cool. Uh, he also did a Van Meter Visitor one recently. And uh there's a bunch of new stuff coming down the pipeline that he's referenced. He also finished his uh, fruit cereal line. Uh, pretty damn cool. If you guys are into the whole Count Chocula, all those characters, he did those, but as cryptid characters. So go and check it out. And all of those links for him, of course, are also available down in the show description. And as always, if you don't know what we've been talking about, just climb your happy ass up that link tree. And you will find all this information in the link tree in the show notes. Okay, so uh, normally when I write up the intros for the shows, um, you know, I do a little bit of research about the guest we're going to have on. But uh, our guest tonight, Carter Bouchard, he was uh, nice enough to send us over a bio. So I'm just going to read off his bio a little bit and uh, give you guys a little bit of background on him before we jump into the episode. Uh, so Carter has been an investigator with BFRO for the past 13 years. He's originally from Texas and currently lives in Missouri. He's had nearly 100 reports published to the BFRO website and has interviewed over 400 witnesses and counting. He is an experienced outdoorsman and trained as an investigator for MUFON. He studied herpetology in college. His longtime special interest in Sasquatch long-term habituation sites, burial research, infrasound, language, and stick structures. He is a true boots-on-the-ground researcher, investigator, and not a desktop warrior. He has met and visited the properties of nearly half the witnesses whose reports have been published. He monitors the, and visits several properties with ongoing habituation activity to this day. And he's also the author of three books, Sasquatch, Evidence of an Enigma, 1, 2, and 3. Welcome to the show, Carter. Well, thank you. You well, got it all right. <laughs> I was usually I usually start off with uh you know tell us a little bit about yourself, but I feel like that was a pretty uh, well-rounded intro as far as uh who you are and yeah, some of your background yeah. goes. I covered it all just in case I forget it. That's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess a good spot to start off at. Uh, why don't we dive a little bit into your research and a little bit into your books? That's a uh, usually a pretty good starting off point. Uh, exactly what kind of research you uh, cover in your books, and uh, I guess where you're progressing as far as uh through your three books. Yeah, well, uh, my research, uh, it, it began uh, when, uh, let's see, 2011 or 12, I was leading an expedition for BFRO. Uh, it was about 11 o'clock at night, and uh, one of our, we had uh, 
two groups, my group and another group that was going to make a long circle around my research area down in Ellington, Missouri. And uh, they got lost. And uh, we were in a holler and we had crappy radio and thus so did they. So they couldn't find us. So we were sitting quietly, maintaining silence, radio silence, the whole thing, because I was looking for them through my thermal. I was just trying to see their heat signature, see if they're getting close. And uh, I saw a heat signature coming through the woods. I was going, okay, finally, God, they're here, you know. And they came around the corner. Well, it wasn't them. It was the Sasquatch. And it, it, the first step it took, the second one, it probably realized we were there, and it just it disappeared. It was a giant flash, just boom, like a flashbulb went off. And it's about 11 o'clock at night, 11.30, and my thermal camera, and, you know, all I saw when I pulled back was spots because it was like a flashbulb. It just, like, blinded me. And I'm going, now, the guys I was brought up with, was being trained, are all apers, you know, ape only, and that's it. <laughs> Thing, nothing special and I went well I'm going to have to go to the other to the dark side now because I just <laughs> saw this disappear and uh, that ain't possible in, in the ape only crowd so uh, that would got me into the paranormal the quantum side of Sasquatch and uh, that just kind of took me off there. I've, I've done four expeditions for BFRO and, uh, but that one there and all the guys I was with, I didn't say anything to them. I saw, uh, I told a few other guys that were there, uh, but don't say anything because these guys would just, they'd make it very miserable because they were the kind of guys that are fixed in their ideology and anything else is baloney. You know, they're, they're very kind of negative and hateful that way. You know, you believe what, you know? So I just, I, I kept it to myself. Uh, <laughs> until that expedition was over that I shared it with the other guys. But th that's what got me going on doing the research. And then, uh, you know, I started doing reports and people were telling me, you know, I saw one driving down the highway across the road, you know, the typical road crossing, 50% of all sightings are road crossings. So, hmm. you know, those are all well and good. It's all data, but you know, the really interesting stuff, they would say, well, can I tell you something that you're not going to believe? I'm going, okay, well, you just told me you saw a Sasquatch, a creature that doesn't exist, so you're going to tell me something I won't believe. <laughs> Bring it. And that's really how it all started because they said, well, I know you're not going to believe this. I said, well, try me. And they were describing various things that I had experienced when that one just vanished on me. And, you know, uh, language, which is not paranormal, you know, dogs bark. That's their language. So, you know, chimps and gorillas have grunts and groans. So that's their language. So, you know, that's not even a, a, a quantum or paranormal aspect of them. It is birds chirp. They got, that's a language, you know, so they, they talk, they have a language, you know, I've heard it. And so have several of my witnesses. So that's kind of what got me on the research part of it, you know, and then I started keeping data and data. I had all these reports published. I had a hundred reports published. Several uh, were just, mind-boggling and so uh, when COVID hit I had all these reports all this data I said you know I, I can't do anything I, I'll write a book what the heck <laughs> so I got permission from you know Matt Moneymaker to you know put you know, all what reports I wanted to include from BFRO in my books and but these people kept telling me 
and you know, well, my friend uh, saw something and he wants to talk to you. So it, it, that's how it started. And I've got people calling me telling me just off the wall stuff. And that's what I want. And the problem is that these people, uh, people scoff at them and make fun, ridicule them. You saw what? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh, right. You know, and, and that's not fair to these people. Some of these people are devastated and affected for their entire lives by seeing these and seeing one disappear right in front of them or change its vibrational frequency or walk into a tree and not come out the other side, you know? And and so I'm getting all these reports and you know how, you know, most there's a big divide in cryptid research, especially with Sasquatch. Everybody wants to be somebody. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to be the one, you know, I'm just trying to get these people to tell their stories because there's more to it than just a dumb ape. And they're finally coming out. So I got three books full of stuff, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's got a life of its own right now. It's, it's bizarre. That's why I started the fourth book and I'm just, I'm just teetering on that. That's a good idea. You mentioned about maybe having a before and after, but you know, uh, this book right here has got uh, about 300 pages. Yeah, 290 pages, something like that. And it's if it was on Amazon, it would probably be 35 or 40 bucks, you know, because of what they charge for color. I just can't do that. So I sell my uh, Kindle versions on Amazon, but I, I do, I'm self-published. I do all my own books, do my own printing, and uh, it's a lot cheaper for the people buying the books, you know. 25 bucks and five bucks shipping. That's 30 bucks. I mean, you know, for a lot of people, that's, that's tight money. You know, I get it. You know, I was a starving hippie for years. So <laughs> I know how that is, you know, you know, I survived on a roll of quarters for a week and I had change left over. That's how tight I was. You know? So I know Amazon, but, they so take a anyway, huge portion out of the, out of all of your profits. Like everybody that I know that publishes through Amazon, they say they take a huge chunk out. Yeah. It's 50, 50 mm-hmm. or worse. And see, and because if you go through them, they own your ISBN number. It's it's just a kind of a racket thing. I just I can't do that to myself and to other people. You know? So uh, I've done a few black and whites with them. It, it's just not any fun. They're just in it for the money. They're not, they're not in it for the art or anything like that. So uh, so anyway, I, I self publish my own books. I call the Library of Congress, get a copyright, get the ISBN number, get the little uh, little tag on there i do all that all myself and you know uh, it's it's a better product i control it all and it's cheaper for the public so so uh i guess another good spot to start off with is you said that you uh collected a bunch of fascinating encounters uh what are some of the most fascinating encounters that you've picked up that kind of furthered your idea as far as this uh possible paranormal interdimensional bigfoot because of course this is always a fun topic to get into because there's just so much weirdness to it there's not enough time for that, but I'll pick a couple. Uh, the, this, this one happened uh, to myself and my wife. Uh, so uh, I have a research area down in Ellington, Missouri. It's very, very active. I can go there almost any time and have something happen. You know, they know me. You know, I can just sit there and they will come to me. They'll start throwing little rocks and twigs at me just to let me know that they're, oh, just, 
okay, stop it. <laughs> it's usually the kids doing that crap. But you know, but so anyway, it's an active area. And so uh, one day uh, she was in the office here with me. We shared the office, and she was going, oh look, you know, she was looking at my photo. Like I got a lot of photos and videos. I mean, it's pretty bizarre stuff. She's going, well. I that's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got a hobby and I'm going, <laughs> don't you dare do that. You know? So I, I said, don't patronize me. You know, it, 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 uh, I'm giving her a hard time because she is uh, a sensitive. She uh, is very sensitive to ghosts and spirits. So she's kind of giving me a hard time, kind of not. But anyway, I said, you know, what? I'm going to take you to my research area and uh, I want to show you what I do. Cause she's never been out with me on a research thing. Now, you know, she's an old Nebraska farm girl, so she's not afraid to pop a squat and pull a head off a chicken if you got to eat. I mean, you know, she's she's a woodsy person. She's not afraid of that stuff. So we went, and I said, okay, now th- here's the deal. This research area I'm talking about uh, was the place where I saw that Sasquatch disappear about five years earlier. And so I fell in love with that space. And, you know, as soon as you get there, you get the heebie-jeebies. You know something is there. You know something's watching. Uh, and so we, we pulled up to uh, uh, the gate. There's a gate, big iron gate. You can't drive down. It's about a 100-yard uh, ravine that goes kind of straight downhill. And uh, it's too jagged and too rough and too small for cars or anything. So uh, they have a permanent gate there because they got tired of rescuing people that, you know, get their ATVs on stuff and cars and stuff. So anyway, we start walking down there and two minutes, I'm done. Okay, I'm done. I'm creeped out. Okay, I, I want to go. No, 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 no. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're not going. So I want to go back to the car. I said, no, no, you're going. We're going to go down here. You can't go back to the car because <laughs> I have the keys. <laughs> No. So, but anyway, so uh, and she's she's freaking out. She's going, I don't like it. I, I, I said, you know, I'm feeling the same thing you are. I'm feeling everything that you are. It just tells me they're here and I'm in their living room. This is what I call it. So uh, they're here and they know we're here. So we're going to keep walking. I said, I want to go back to the car. I said, look, it's too far to walk. You have to walk all the way up there. And I shine my light where the car was. My car was not there. It was gone. And I'm going, where's my car? And she's going, what the hell are you talking about? Your car's right there. I said, no, it's not there. Look, I'm shining the light. Yeah, I see it. You're shining the light on your car. I said, no, the car is gone. It was gone. And so just instinctively, I said, well, maybe I got turned around. So I turned around to shine it down where we were going, about 50 yards away. And there's my car. <laughs> where it is impossible for it to be. And so, and she's going, what do you mean there's your car? There's nothing there. I'm shining a light and I see my car and she's going, what's wrong with you? (laughs) There's no car. Your car's not there. Your car's up there. I shined it back up. Car's not there. Shined it back down. There it was. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And suddenly I went, you guys are messing with me. The Sasquatch were jacking with me. They were making me see something that was not where it should have been and that's either infrasound or some uh, some telepathy but we went back and forth on this about four or five times and then finally i said well look my car is gone it's back it's it's there it's where it was i shined it back down where never should have been and it was gone 
She's going, what is wrong with you? And I said, these guys are messing with me. What do you mean these guys? The Sasquatch. They're, I came here to show you, and they ended up showing me. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know that, that's what it was. You know, you know how it is when you tell somebody, I'll show you, and then nothing happens. <laughs> the know, fuck you are. <laughs> you know, but it was, just, it was as real as all four of us sitting here. It was just bizarre. And that was my first inference of paranormal, esoteric, supernatural, quantum, whatever you want. That was my first foray into that. And I went, I'm hooked. This is <laughs> this is too much. This is awesome. I mean, it was just it was fabulous that they did that. And so uh, that's what got me over to the dark side where I am. Uh, I'm a I'm a believer that there, there there may be a hierarchy where some Sasquatch do not have quantum or paranormal skills. It may be a, a certain level you have to reach in your intelligence or your maturity or your age, uh, or you're not in the right clan. I don't know, you know, because there's been plenty of times I've seen and experienced things that do not take a supernatural turn, you know. But I've got so many witnesses now that are describing the same things, you know. And even, I was on a podcast the other night, uh, Russ Jones. I don't know if you know who he is. Mm -hmm. uh, they're diehard ape only. And they were, I can't explain that. I mean, you know, they're open to it, but not really. I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, it takes a lot of convincing and I don't want to have to convince anybody. I'm just telling you what happens to me and, and most of my witnesses, you know, which is quantum paranormal things. They're calling their names at their house. They're calling them with from the woods. They're calling Cindy, Cindy, in the exact voice of her husband. Mm -hmm. I have another woman in Washington. They call her by her husband's nickname, you know, honey poo, that kind of thing, you know, sugar pie, whatever. And it's his voice. And he's not there. And that's not even paranormal. That's a language, which I was talking to you about earlier. That That's a language. Everybody has a language. You know, you're familiar with Ron Moorhead and the, you know, Sierra sounds and all that. You know? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, people, yep. uh, and that's the real deal. Now, he gets respect and he gets invited to conferences and nobody gives him any crap. You know? <laughs> because you can't argue with it. I mean, you can, but I mean, it's. It has passed the, the gold standard. It, it has survived all testing for hoaxing. And, you know, 1971, two, three, they didn't know hoaxing. They, they drug a reel-to-reel -reel with heavy, big batteries up there on the back of a pack mule. <laughs> you can't hoax that stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, that's how they got their sound back then. That was primitive, you know. Then it was mm -hmm. cassettes, you know. So... That's real stuff. That's real data. You, you've heard those tapes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, do you, what do you think when you hear that? I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the show, and uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep letting you go into your explanation before I get into all our theories as far as this goes. But, I mean, undeniable sound that is something that can't be produced by anything that we know of because the vocal range is just way too high. like Way above, way below the human range. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And to me personally, you know, 
the first time I heard the Sierra sounds, it just makes you have a weird feeling. Like it doesn't sound like something that's, you know, quote unquote of this earth to me. You know, it's, it sounds like you're listening to something otherworldly almost. Yeah. Well, it is That's a really good impression. <laughs> That's a language. All I'm fairly impressed. Down. I'm that stuff down. You know, when, when people are telling me, I'll try to, I'll try to imitate it for you. Said, no, let me do it for you. And they're freaked out. And they go. Oh my God! That's it. You know, I said, well, yeah, that's it. Because <laughs> you know, I've heard it. You know, I've had, I've heard the, the Chinaman chatter, as they call it. You know, the samurai chatter, Chinaman chatter. Uh, it's a real thing. But see, that's not even a paranormal or quantum thing. That's a language. Like I said, dogs bark, birds chirp, cats meow. That's a language. We talk. I mean, it, so that's not even paranormal. That's nothing. That's just a language. You know, now it's bizarre because it's a language coming out of something that looks like a gorilla. <laughs> and how could something that looks like that possibly have a conversation with me? But it happens, you know. And so uh, it, it's just it's just fascinating. So, you know, uh, so, you know, and, you know, Ron, uh, Ron did the uh, uh, commentary on this book. He did commentary on, the, on my first book. And, uh, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it got me going to you know uh in, into the quantum side there's something there and i've got hundreds of people who are telling me the same thing and nobody will talk to them they make fun of them because they've had some bizarre things that are star trek like and they just can't explain it doesn't mean it isn't real just means they can't explain it you know so the second book this one here, I've got a guy in Canada, 100 pages just on him. He has been going through indoctrination for about 30 years with a Sasquatch clan. Really, it's just two Sasquatch. His dad passed away, I don't know, five or six years ago, and uh, they had a lot of events uh, between them. And they were denying it, and these Sasquatch were we decided we're assigned to them and I'm going to convince you stupid human that we do exist and this is what's going on. And so it got kind of testy and kind of gnarly on occasion uh, with his, his uh, encounters. It just, you know, there's way, way too little time to talk about his stuff. I mean, you know, they're putting an arm through a window, touching him on the forehead, knocking him out falls to the floor. The female that's outside just get up. Get up. It's over. You're not dead. Get up. Get up. And he gets up. Who believes that stuff? You know, I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff, you know, and he's in the deep, deep, deep woods in Canada, you know, uh, British Columbia, actually, where there's, you know, we're there ain't nobody out there. It's very sparsely populated, you know, it's uh, where the men are men and the sheep are nervous, you know, it's, <laughs> it's out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> you know, so, but, so, but that's it. I mean, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of, um, here's one that you don't have this one. Can you see the timestamp? I think I do. Ha I do have that one also, actually. Um, did you get all three? Yes, I did. 
So timestamp okay, says time 15, 12, 36, yet? and 15, 12, 40 for the first and second timestamp. Yeah, so what does that tell you? It's uh, within it. a fraction of a second of, of each other. <laughs> four seconds. Yeah, four seconds. One, two, three, four. That Sasquatch is right behind you. And has its hand in front of the camera from what it looks like. Yeah, that's the same location, same camera, same day, four seconds apart. If you notice on here, the shadow, the shadow's here. It's changed because this being has stood in front of the camera. You see the uh, background. You see the horizontal tree that's fallen over. Uh, you see the trees over here. It look like they're moving or blowing because it bumped the camera. I'm going to have to uh, also for the audio listeners include a picture of this on the uh, the cover for the episode. So if anybody wants to know what we're looking at, it should be directly on the cover of the episode. Yeah, it is. And that's the town preacher checking the cameras. <laughs> the guy that owns the uh, land, uh, uh, they hunt together. And so uh, they'll go out together or by themselves about every couple of months and check the batteries and the camera. They have about 32, 35 cameras out there. I've been out there twice and they have about 35 cameras out there. They're all in triangular uh, locations. So there's a camera here taking a picture of a camera over here. And then this camera over here is taking a picture of the camera here that's taking a picture of this one. So you don't miss anything. And so they go out and change the batteries and SD cards. If they're full, they take them out and just pop another one in. And, and so that's what he was doing that day. He never heard it. He never saw it. He never even sensed it. It either just popped in from another dimension or portal, or he just missed it. And it was four seconds behind him. But, it, it, you know, he didn't know to look. We were out there filming uh for uh, Hulu, it was a, a there was a, a one one on uh, thing we were going to take for Hulu. It did never get off the ground because the uh, the uh, creative people were arguing. It was it was a mess. Anyway, uh, I sent the uh, we were out there filming, and he said, Carter, you know, I think I've got a. He didn't know about the photo. Uh, we didn't have it at the time. I, I said, he said, uh, you know, I think I've got a photo of that hand, and I think it's about 10 or 12 seconds behind when I was walking through the camera. So let me see if I can find it. He found it and sent it to me. Well, it was four seconds, not 12. So I was just like, holy crap, really? Preach? Come on, man. That, that's How do you not see that? But I think it possibly materialized and bumped the camera. It didn't have its GPS, you know. But who, you know, people say, well, they mess with our cameras. They drain the batteries. They it, it creates blank shots on, on you'll see a deer, 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 that blank, 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 that deer, deer, deer. What were those three blanks? It was working. All of a sudden, it was a Sasquatch walking by. Maybe they jammed the camera. I, I firmly believe they can do that. And so, uh, but I sent the photo to the producers in New York. I said, before you guys come down here, I want you to tell me that this photo is legit because I've checked it as best I can. I'm not an expert. I run it through the different programs. You can tell if it's been, you know, manipulated or anything. He said, "That's good. We're on our way." It would <laughs> so, so, but it, it, you know, so if that, and they have seen other things on their property besides this. They've seen a Sasquatch uh, morph into a 
elk with jagged sawtooth teeth and then back into a Sasquatch. That part he thought was a demonic thing because it, it brings his preacher thing to the front. He said, you know, I felt that was evil. Sasquatch, I don't see that way. But this, when I saw this Sasquatch that was walked up to a deer, the deer was sitting on the ground, just sleeping like it was, you know, it was knocked out or something. It was, it was not afraid of the Sasquatch. It just sat there and it walked. And as it walked, it slowly turned itself into an elk with jagged saw, saw teeth and then back into a Sasquatch. He watches that. He thought that was the devil messing with him, you know, and I put that in the book because all walks of life and all theologies and all theories should be presented and you, the public can take it or leave it, you know I mean? You, but, but I put that in there, you know, so there's just, there's something going on, you know, this is some going, but you know, I mean, I'm just, there's so much <laughs> these people are telling me and they're so grateful. All they want is someone to talk to. Oh, thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks for not you know, making fun of me because, you know, they talk to researchers and they just, they make fun of them. They ridicule them. They just, and those people run and hide and they won't talk to anybody ever again. There's a lot of incredible data just floating around because nobody wants to get made fun of. And that's where I'm coming in. That's why I thought about doing that black and white book. So more people would buy it with no photos, just the data. So more people would buy it, could afford it, and they would come forward and tell their stories. And I can write another book maybe down the road. You know, I had no intention of writing a fourth one. I really am. My hands are tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of writing. You know, I got writer's cramp because I'm sitting on my butt. You know, my butt's cramped. But anyway, so, I mean, you I've got more and more stories, but the guy in Canada, uh, one of those stories alone would take me half an hour to tell you. I mean, they're, they're mind boggling. But, you know, I am hearing, I'm getting communications from a clan that I met when I was leading my expedition 2019 in um, Illinois, Murfreesboro, Jonesboro. That log right there has five rocks on one side and one on the other end. Guess how many expedition tours I had? Four. Those four rocks there are the expedition goers. The one rock, the pointed rock, that's me, is the leader. My partner, Harold, who lives in Illinois, he is at the other end of the log because he was there but he wasn't there he's had cancer and some strokes and so he can navigate very rough terrain so he stayed in his truck the first night i took this group down uh into this ravine and this was at the trail of tears a lot of sorrow a lot of vibes a lot of bizarre stuff uh when i was in town scouting for this expedition i asked everybody so where's a good place to go well i'll tell you where you don't want to go that's the trail of tears. That ain't nobody in town to go there after dark. There's too much weird stuff going on. Ain't nobody going there. So I wouldn't go there if I was you. So I'm going, well, that's what I'm going. <laughs> you, you just put a marker on my map. <laughs> you give me that that setup, I'm on my way, dude. You know, I know you're not gonna come bother me because you know what? <laughs> you're scared. So so and we went there, you know, and actually, you know, the 95 
Native Americans froze to death at that location where we went uh, because it was in the dead of winter and they were trying to get to the Mississippi River and they just couldn't do it. You know, you have the Trail of Tears, the March of the Native Americans. Really sad, really sad what the white man did to them. But anyway, so we had some great activity. We had, you know, they were throwing stuff at us. They would not talk or communicate, but we heard some grunts and a lot of bipedal stomp, stomp, stomp. They were following us, following us down this ravine, but they would not, you know, communicate. It was bizarre. They were communicating and, and like throwing things, letting us know they were there, and we could hear them thrashing around in the woods. But other than that, no, no calls, whoops, nothing. It was just really interesting. But you know, because nobody ever goes there at night, that might be why they were just sitting there in stunned silence, like. Don't these stupid humans know this is haunted? <laughs> you're not supposed to be here. What the heck's wrong with you people? Oh, well, you're stupid humans for a reason. You know? <laughs> anyway, we went back the next night. We, we did cast about seven or eight really good footprints. And we found some really killer structures. Uh, and they're in the book, you know. And so uh, we went back the next night. And it was the first day of hunting season. So there was no activity because all day long there's gunfire and stuff going on. So there, we went down there to revisit and pick up our casts, but there was absolutely no activity, no feeling or sensing that there's something was there. There was nothing. So but we went back, but Harold did not go with us that night. He stayed back at camp. So again, he was there, but he wasn't there. That's the symbolic thing of the rock on the other end. I mean, how do you, you know, there's five people and Harold makes six. How do you, it, it, here's the deal. Those rocks weren't there during the expedition. I came back the next morning and those rocks were there. Because here's what I did. I left a camera. I said, well, I'm going to leave a camera just in case. You know how you leave a trail camera, you never get anything. But I, I thought, I'll leave one just in case. So on the way back, I went to uh, get my camera back to Kansas City. And those rocks were waiting for me when I got back. We left there about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. They were there at 8 o'clock the next morning. Hmm. So unless there's humans walking around, and there are some, you know, survivalists and bushmen and people like that, that, you know, the, the nature lovers that will stack rocks or do gifting and things like that. But anyway... Those rocks were left for me. They were there. They were not there that night. They, there they are. I'm going, who, who would have done this? You know, I sat there staring at it for about two or three seconds. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> That's me. That's us. That's, I had a breakthrough. They're talking to me. I get all, I, I get very emotional when uh, I'm reliving that. I'm, I'm, I'm getting all you know, misty now because it's like, oh, my God, they're communicating. It's a real thing. They're they're talking, you know, and so I'm I'm calling my wife. It's about eight o'clock in the morning. I'm calling her, and you know, I say, "Hey, guess what happened?" I was telling her all this stuff, and she goes, "Well, when did that happen? When did what happen? When, when did they leave the rocks?" I said, I, "I I don't know. We left here about midnight and went back to camp. They weren't here because that's the log we sat on, deciding to go back to camp instead of going forward. That we just we went back because we didn't want to leave Harold well sitting there by himself. So." Probably about midnight. Why? And she goes, well, last night, about 9.30 or 10 o'clock, a blue orb 
came into our bedroom, flew around, flew into the bathroom and disappeared. At about the same time, that rock was being left, those rocks were being left there. She saw the orb in real time and she also saw it reflected in our, our, uh, our dresser mirror. So it was a real thing. It wasn't a reflection from a car, which is impossible the way our house sits anyway. So that's the first time we'd ever had anything like that at our house. They were letting me know and her that I know who you are and I know where you live. And <laughs> welcome to my clan. It was just, it was an aha moment. You know, I get so excited and I get, I get teary-eyed every time I talk about it because it was, it was just like, an incredible shoulder tap, you know? And so that happened. So we went back, uh, Harold and I went back in 2020 just to see if the place still had the magic. And by then COVID was in full swing. So uh, it was just he and I, and by then he had the strength to get down to where we were and go back up. He has to, you know, kind of use two walking sticks, you know, uh, he, he's an older guy. But anyway, uh, he went and he made it and it still it felt magical. We found some really incredible structures that were not there. And so at that point, uh, we left a gifting area. I went to a Dollar Tree and bought a bunch of kids necklaces and little little dolls and little baby furniture, like toy furniture and uh, oranges and apples and bags. And I, I left a, a gifting area. And the people that were on the expedition that were actually from Jonesboro, they went down there about the next year and saw it. And they called me, hey, did you leave the gifting area? I said, yeah, I did. Oh, well, you, you didn't do that when we were there. No, I came back, you know, during COVID. I didn't want to bug you. I was just going to see if it had the magic. So anyway, since then, we have weird, bizarre, almost poltergeist-like stuff going on at our house. We never had that before. Somebody tapped me on the head three times when I was watching TV. My wife's sitting next to me. I look over. Did you do that? Do what? You know, she's got her phone in one hand and her fire in the other. She's not in watching TV. She's not, you know, she's not paying attention. Something tapped me on the head. The next night we're watching TV and we're watching and suddenly the TV goes off. The remote on the coffee table jiggles just a little bit. <laughs> you guys know where I live. Mm-hmm. Good for me. <laughs> we've had voices. We've had things flying off the shelves. We've had uh, my wife had a pillow pulled out from under her head while she was sleeping. I had three sets of hands on under each leg in my butt, picking me up out of my bed and carrying me over to the edge of the bed. And my wife is getting up and going to take a pee. I'm going, do you see this? Do you see this? And she's she didn't even hear me. It's like I'm looking through a fog and, and she's going to the bathroom. I'm going, do you see this? The, the, what's, do you see who's doing this? What, you know, I, was, I was trying to get her attention. She didn't hear me. It's like I, I wasn't there or she wasn't there. So she goes into the bathroom, does her thing. When she, she flushes the toilet, they drop me, whoever they is. They drop me on the bed. She said, well, you must have been uh, having a lucid dreaming. I said, no, no, it's not lucid dreaming. I've, I've had that. No, this is I'm awake. I'm watching you go take a leak. And it's you know, 130 in the morning. And that's that's not lucid dreaming there. I can feel the hands, you know, they're they're grabbing my thigh and my butt. And they're 
we've had so much bizarre stuff going here. I have a, a, a word document I'm keeping out. It's called strangeness at our home. I write stuff down all the time. Knocks on doors, voices, Carter, Carter, just I, I, a lot of stuff, but they're, they're communicating with me and I, I will see visions of them every now and then I see visions when I'm going to bed and it, we're both type A's. We have to meditate before we go to bed because it's really hard to sleep. So we, we meditate. We get into that alpha state and kind of you know, doze off. But right when I'm in that state, I start seeing the ravine I was in on the expedition. And I'm going down this ravine. And I'm going down like this. It's kind of slow. But everything's going by me much faster than I'm moving. You know, but their their version of time and space is considerably different than ours. So they can, you know, uh, slip dimensions and uh, change their vibrational frequencies and go to other portals and, and, and things like that. I think time for them is completely different. Uh, it's an abstract concept. You know, I mean, it, you know, we invented time, humans, so we could, you know, time is considered the fourth dimension. There's height, depth, and width. And time is the fourth dimension because that's how you know where you are and who you are is what time it is. What time, I got to be at work at three. You know, I mean, that's that's a human creation. I don't know that they, they go by time in their, their world, their existence. But anyway, stuff like that. So what do you do with that? If you think I'm nuts, just tell me. Oh, no, not at all. Actually, this throws into a bunch of theories that we've been tossing around for a while as far as uh, – Basically, the, like Sasquatch having some type of telekinetic ability to the point where they're able to alter other people's perception of reality, which was, I was going to hop in when you told your uh, first story that you were talking about with the car, um, that it perfectly fit this idea that we've been talking about, where it may not necessarily be like a paranormal ability, but rather an ability that we're not aware of yet, because, you know, there's a lot of animals that have very specific abilities, and uh, like, if you were telekinetic, you'd have the ability to alter somebody's perception. So, I mean, they could even be using that to make it feel like you're getting lifted. They may not actually be in the bedroom, but actually using their ability to mess with you in your head to make it so that you think you're getting lifted. Or another theory we've thrown is that if they can alter people's reality, that's when you get these like camouflage clear Bigfoot. And, you know, they could literally be standing in your room. And because they're using this telekinetic ability to alter your perception, you're not seeing them and they're standing right in front of you. And they could have physically been there touching you, but they altered your your perception of reality to make it look like they weren't even standing there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what do you do with that? So is there four crazy people sitting here or yes reaction? there's at <laughs> least three there's at least three yeah. you know so i mean so that's the whole thing you know people talk to me and i'm talking to these people and they go you know that's that's bs that that's that can't happen that's that's you know i caught i caught hell for this picture i caught people were like ragging on me but they're just the keyboard warriors you know but there's that's baloney. That can't be. How can that thing be four seconds behind him? Maybe it would have, it would have devoured him. Well, number one, why do you think it's going to eat him? Maybe it's just passing through the portal and it lives on that property or it hunts on that property. I don't think they live on that property. It's not really heavily wooded. It doesn't have a water source, you know, but it has a lot of deer. So I don't think they live there, but they hunt there. You know, it's real close, you know. And, and so, yeah, but what do you do with that when I, you, you hear that? And I'm hearing it from hundreds of people. They're not crazy. You know, some of these people are doctors, lawyers, cops, military. Some of the best witnesses in the world are cops and military. They're fact takers and note takers. Just the facts, ma'am. They 
they write about what they see and they let somebody else try to figure out what it is, you know? And so it's, you, you, there's no way I've tapped in to three or 400 of the craziest people on the planet. <laughs> I just happen to have gotten all of them. You know, I mean, it's just not possible. You know, and I'm friends with, I, I get invited to their property. I've got a standing invitation for three or four trips this summer. If I want to go and visit, I'm probably going to go because uh, another property is uh, um, they see orbs. Uh, they see craft, big cigar shaped silver craft flying over right before or right after a Sasquatch event. Um, a witness uh, who's in this book uh, out in the Western States, uh, her and her husband. Now her husband was a, a non-believer, you know, uh, but now he's, he's had the same thing. They have orbs come into the house and they manifest themselves into Sasquatch. And then they're kind of like floating at the edge of the bed. And you kind of see them from the waist up and there's nothing down below. They're just there floating. And then they'll be gone. What if uh, all of these things are actually the orbs themselves and they actually just choose a physical body, which would be what we perceive as Sasquatch? Because if they are something that belongs in the woods and they're more of like an orb form and they have this ability to change into whatever, you know, we could be looking at them as like Sasquatch is their normal form. But realistically, they could just be using that form to scare people out of the woods because they want to create some type of big ape like creature of course like that could be like their their go-to form but you know there's always this connection between the orbs and the sasquatch mm -hmm. and at least with like what you're what you're saying i'm almost wondering if these orbs are the sasquatch and our sasquatch image is just something that they're projecting well that could be because she's seen them several times now they live uh on acreage with uh their adult son he's 49 50 he's autistic my granddaughter's autistic, so I'm aware of the spectrum and all the stigma that goes with it and all the, but anyway, uh, she was experiencing these things and her husband just said, what do you do when I'm gone? Are you, are you smoking pot or what do you, what are you doing all day? Cause how come, how come you're seeing all this stuff? And I don't, I don't see any of it. You know, it's just probably cause he had a closed mind, you know, but he would always have an excuse for whatever it was, I got an answer for that. You know, that's a, that's a coyote. That's a, you know, somebody was playing with some twigs and made a structure and stuck it in your tree for a, a joke. You know, he always had an explanation, but they were just terrible. You know, just really, you believe that? I'd rather believe my stuff than the story you just came up with, you know? And so uh, he was a skeptic and avowed skeptic. And so, one night, about three o'clock in the morning, he was up because he had uh, a knee replacement and he was in serious pain. And he didn't want to take the pill. So he was just sitting up watching TV, trying to get sleepy. He sees one walk by the front of the house in the front yard. You know, they walk by, you know, the lights went on. Just sauntering by. He sees it. He's not on his opioids. He's just sitting there. And suddenly he's baptized. Okay, well, that exists. And so he's seen him several times. And he's even seen an orb. She had another orb that manifested itself into uh, Sasquatch and a baby. 
and it was holding a bag with two uh, teddy bears that she had gifted on this gifting tree. And it was just an image, but they were just floating there in the, in the bedroom. She sleeps alone sometimes because her husband snores, so they sleep in separate bedrooms. And the bedroom that she's in is right close to the woods. It overlooks the woods, and she sees and hears a whole lot of stuff there. But what I'm saying, I mean, she's open to this, and she's seeing it. And she said, I don't want to be known as the crazy Bigfoot lady and all this stuff. And, you know, said, well, you're not, you're not crazy. You're, you're, this is real stuff. You're interacting. The gifting that she is uh, going through with the Sasquatch is mind-boggling. The the gifting, you know, I said, well, try some mirrors. You'll go to uh, Dollar Tree is my go-to. You know, go to Dollar Tree, get some <laughs> mirrors, models and stuff and hang it in the tree, you know. Well, they reacted almost immediately. They were taking stuff. They would they would take the necklaces and stuff and move them to a, a stump instead of you know, strapped to a tree. They'd move the stuff around. They'd take the mirrors and they would turn them around so they were facing the tree. And then she would go back the next morning, see it. She'd turn them back around so they were facing out. So you see the reflection. She'd go back the next night, next morning, I mean, they're turned back against the tree where they're hiding. You can't see the mirror. Or it's on the ground. One of them got broken. One of them, they wrapped a vine around the tree four or five times to tie the mirror to the tree so you can't pick it up. And I don't think they like seeing the reflection. You know, I don't think their sense of self, they don't have the need to look at themselves like we do. Is my makeup on? I got a zit. <laughs> their, their vanity is not in their vocabulary, I don't think. And I always thought that, you know, they would be fascinated because if the uh, symbiotic relationship I believe they have with Native Americans going back thousands and thousands of years, than that maybe. when the white man was doing their march, capturing the Indians and relocating them, they took their pictures. They'd never seen a camera. And so they see their likeness on a piece of paper. You stole my soul. How did you do that? You're evil. You stole my soul. That can't be. I'm here. I'm not there. How do you do this? This is evil. This is what the Native Americans told told the the, the soldiers and the, and the, the white men. And so I believe you know that way 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 back uh, there was a symbiotic relationship with Sasquatch and uh, the Native Americans. Maybe they traded furs and foods. Uh, they may have uh, traded or just taken their women for procreation purposes. You know, that's that's rumored. But anyway, they may have the Sasquatch may have gotten that aversion because it's just like a camera, that mirror that shows them. Well, they don't care about that. And I don't think they want that. So they're telling her by hiding the mirror or breaking them or strapping them to the tree. So she's going to go out there and untie it. You know, it's that is like some serious communication right there. Mm hmm. I mean, it, it, I asked her, I said, do you understand what you're, you're, you're talking to maybe a primordial being, you're having a conversation, a relationship. Is it? And she goes, I hadn't thought about that. That, that kind of creeps me out. But I mean, it, it, it is fascinating, you know? And, and so here, and, and this is the gifting thing that is so cool. It's not the paranormal, but it, it shows intelligence, a sentient sapient being, you know, uh, they stole all half the fruit off their plum and pear trees. So from, from the middle of the tree up, all the, all the fruit was gone. 
and they left a low hanging fruit for the humans. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You're, t- you're taking our food. You know how long it took us to grow this stuff? Don't do that. Stop it. Please don't steal our food. You want to take some vegetables and stuff from the garden, but we'll gift you some stuff. But just don't do that. A couple of days later, they get that her autistic son found this because he works on the yard a lot. And they had a rabbit that had the head popped off. It had been gutted. All the intestines were gone. It had been freshly washed and it was placed in one of the, you know, those little ponds you can buy, like a koi pond. You can mm-hmm. buy a Home Depot or something. It's looking like a little triangle pond. It, it's not very long. It's five feet by two feet. They have a running pond out there where they keep fresh water going. And so that was waiting for him as an apology for stealing the fruit. <laughs> and they never taken the fruit again. Wow. Two days after that, there's a little perch swimming in there. They're nowhere close to any kind of water or stream. And her husband at the time, who was not a believer, says, well, you know, it's probably one of the herons flying over and had a, a, a perch in his hand. And it, it fell about 100 feet, went through all the trees and landed in there and didn't hurt itself. And that's how it got there. <laughs> <laughs> really? <You> know, <laughs> she's laughing. You know, I'm laughing. You know, and, and she's going, you actually believe that? Really? Seriously? And that perch was another gift. It was a gift. And so they, they, they've been doing, but all this very complex stuff, and it gets more complicated. I know we're kind of running close on time, but anyway, I, it's a it's a relationship. It's a communication, but it's a relationship. They're actually part of the landscape. You know, mm-hmm. I've got people everywhere from six months to 30 years of habituation where they're on the property generations of the same family have come and gone with the understanding there's Sasquatch here. They're going to live in one of the family properties, you know, so there's Sasquatch here and you've heard about it. You heard us talk about it. So if you live here, you do them no harm and you're going to be having a relationship like I've been describing to you. Okay. That's pretty cool. I've been hurt since I was a kid. And so uh, I'm good. So six months to 30 years, they're hearing conversations. Family from uh, Arkansas, the guy called me uh, about three months ago and said, uh, my my daughter heard a conversation between two Sasquatch and my son heard a conversation between three Sasquatch, three different voices. Hmm. So, Carter, kind of piggybacking off of the language and the conversations, um, I was curious you know, when you're telling your stories earlier about um, the mimicking ability, do you think that that's something that these beings just have the ability to do? Like you're saying, like the samurai chatter, it's just their language. Or do you think that's some sort of quantum paranormal, you know, some sort of high strangeness type ability they have? Or is it just, you know, naturally their vocal cords can do that? Well, I mimicked for you pretty close. Yeah. yeah, you did. So why, <laughs> why could they not do that mm-hmm. with our voice? Mm-hmm. I, they can mimic owls, fox, coyotes, car engines, car mm-hmm. doors slamming, gravel crunching under tires. I, I, have a, I have a killer story about that where this guy was petrified. Uh, he was sitting in the – anyway, but they can mimic any sound, you know. I heard one in Illinois, we're on an expedition. I think it was Iowa, not Illinois, Iowa. 
and we heard three owls you know then you hear another one over here then you hear another one it was just louder crap you go okay nice try you know uh, it was the sasquatch but what had happened it choked those it started coughing and it stopped and for about five seconds it was dead silent we're all going what then it it did it again in a perfect mimic so and there's some humor in that you know but i mean i think they can mimic any sound they can mimic two of my women the, the wives they are mimicking their husband's voice to call them to come outside because they want to interact and it was a perfect rendition of their husband's voices perfect it's not just that they called them you know since then, it was his exact voice. It wasn't in a Sasquatch voice. It was just like you're listening to, what's that guy, uh, Dunham, the, uh, the excellent. Jeff Dunham. Uh, mm -hmm. Jeff Dunham. It's like you're listening to that. It is spot on, dead, to the point where they're going, call him and, are you, uh, are you at work? You, you just call, did you just call me from outside? Did you just call my name? What the hell are you talking about? This is the husband who didn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, just go back to the wine cooler. Uh, I'll be home in a minute. Uh, yeah, but, but it was that kind of, it was that clear and spot on. What do you do with that? You know, when you're hearing that. And that's not even quantum or paranormal. Mm -hmm. That's the ability to mimic, you know, uh, mockingbirds, crows, parrots. <laughs> They have quite a vocabulary. Crows are very, very intelligent, you know. So what do you do with that kind of stuff? You know, I mean, like I said, I haven't run into all three or 400 people, the craziest people on the planet that, you know, it's not possible. This is just real stuff, you know, and I've been out and heard it. And you you guys, I, I don't know that much about you, but you, if you've been out and you've heard or seen things you can't explain or even videos of things, you know. Uh, you know, I've taken a couple uh, the one family that's uh, here in Missouri, uh, he's seen a uh, dog man two or three times. And he verified it once for me because it had the backward leg, backward dog leg. He gets up at three o'clock every morning. He sent me a video, which is darn good, of something walking straight at a camera, then it veers off suddenly. And when it veers, you see the ear. It's his big ear. That's all you see. It's, it, it's fleeting. There's uh, 21 frames in the video, and I took every other frame is actually a picture of the ear at various stages of going through the. So I isolated those, and there's something there. I mean, it's, it's something. Oh, I, I got something you'll never see, and I'm going to show you this. You've got the book, so uh, maybe you've looked at it already. It is one of the coolest things. Maybe you've already seen it. What uh, what page is that? Just so I can look it up. Yeah, I'm having a little bit of trouble making it out. 252. 252. That is a face pressed onto the inside of a greenhouse. <laughs> Habituation family down here in Missouri. Um, 
they uh, they do a lot of farmers markets and you know they grow a lot of produce and so they have these three big greenhouses which are just kind of like Quonset huts you know with the the heavy heavy soft plastic you can just drape over it and the condensation on that is from the heaters running in the winter so the fruit doesn't freeze and so uh, these people have seen the Sasquatch on their property numerous times sometimes they'll just sit in the forest and watch them work in the yard it's bizarre. <laughs> especially the juveniles they just watch them they'll peek behind a tree and then they'll peek back but they'll stand far enough away where you can barely make it, but you know it's them because all of a sudden you see that that whatever is there is gone later on so you know it's them so they had uh, a bunch of food disappearing and it was getting kind of ticked off because you know they work hard and that's how they make their money you know and if you go in there and you know, clean them out so uh they decided to put uh, lights uh, up so any motion lights so, uh, and they hear them, they hear them howl, calls, squawking at each other all the time, knocking, all kinds of stuff, gibbers, talking. So, but food was disappearing. So, he's going, okay, I'm going to catch the son of a gun. So, one night about 11, 11.30, the lights go on, and it alerts him. He gets up, and he, uh, as he's heading for the door of his house, he hears all this screaming, Sasquatch screaming in the forest. Just, just just going crazy screaming and howling so he goes out the front door and he's headed to, to the uh, greenhouse and then he hears screaming and howling from the other side of the forest and it's loud you know it's it, it's it's loud and it's it's sasquatch it's nothing else but them as he gets to this is the funny part I mean, it's funny now it wasn't funny then he gets to the greenhouse he hears screaming coming from inside the greenhouse that sasquatch was trapped in the greenhouse <laughs> eating food and it uh, uh, go to the uh, what page was that uh, go to page uh, 250 and then 251 he goes in there and this juvenile sasquatch runs right by him it brushes up against him that's the door that the Sasquatch uh, ran through. You see the handprint on the upper left? Mm-hmm. That's a high handprint, too. Sasquatch stand like this and put their hands, and they look, and their faces pressed to the plastic. They're looking for the humans so they can be on the lookout and get the hell out of there. So but the, the Sasquatch, he could have kissed him. I mean, it brushed up against him. They both humans were sideways in the door. And he just kind of went back, and this thing just ran right by him. And it was a juvenile. It was probably about six, six and a half feet, maybe seven. Kind of tall and scrawny. It's not really filled out at all. It's, it's, you can tell it's just a young one. I have seven or eight other photos like that face, but different. That's the clearest. You're never going to see something like that. That is, it, that is a face on the inside looking out, pressed his face, the eyes are gone. If you look close at that, you got it. You can look at it. You see the hair. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say, around the side of the face, too. It, it is what it is. You know, fake that. You know? <laughs> I mean, really, fake that. There's another story in there where a woman, uh, uh, she's actually a friend of mine. She lives in another area in, in Missouri. Uh, she's got uh, fingerprints on the inside of her house on the inside of her windows. She got all pissed off because they just built a house 
It was spotless. They cleaned it all. She sits down in her easy chair in the sunroom uh, to look out and enjoy her view. And all of a sudden she's going, what? Fingerprints? I just cleaned, I just cleaned this. So she gives a rag and some you know, Windex or whatever. She runs outside and starts cleaning it. It's not coming off. It's not coming off because it's inside. It's inside <laughs> the house. Now, they're, they have two pretty badass dogs and they're very meticulous about locking doors that had to have come through in a quantum way. It had to have come in or materialized. And it was, <laughs> and because she watches from that vantage point, she watches these Sasquatch in this little wooded area watching her and her husband. They stand under these trees and they just kind of watch. And you know, the photo that I'm talking about uh, of the Sasquatch standing under the trees is in the book too. It's not real clear. It's kind of far, but she didn't even see it when I saw it. I, when I took it, uh, I took a t color photo and I rendered it to uh, black and white and then the negative, you get a lot more data that way, you get a lot more you know, detail. And I said, look at that. Look at this. This is that tree. Do you see that? And she goes, oh my God. It's, it's standing there watching. Yeah, it's, it's standing there looking at you guys. I mean, it's, it's looking right at your window. But my whole point is that got inside the house, and it's got that albavernix, that greasy, oily, white substance that you see a lot. And that's it's called albavernix. It's, uh, you know, Latin for greasy shit. <laughs> no, I'm sorry if I cuss, but you know what I mean. I, I don't know what it means, but it, it's a it's a Latin term. It's a medical term for a, a secretion, and so that's in the book. It, it's just it's mind boggling. I, I you know we're almost out of time. I got I I can just keep talking till midnight. You know, but <laughs> you guys probably got you know stuff to do. You know what I mean? It's just it, it just keeps coming at, and it's just fabulous you know and i had a woman because i was doing the uh, russ jones uh the uh what is the name of their podcast uh anyway but they're they're a they're a only guys but she heard me talk about that flash when that one just dis disappeared the same thing happened to me i'm gonna talk to her sunday uh, just from a glancing listen on a podcast she goes oh my god i've never heard anybody talk about that oh my god that happened to me uh, you, you, you. she's she's dying to talk so there's another story you know because these people that's the whole point they're shunned they're made fun of you know and the people that make the most fun of you your husband your wife your spouse mm -hmm. your coworker. you know oh you saw a ghost honey really Okay. 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 You know, uh, you saw a Sasquatch. Ooh, okay. Just sleep on the couch for a couple of nights. Nice <laughs> Come up with another idea. You know, I mean, it's just people are ridiculed to the point of silence. And there's a whole tons of people that have seen and experienced these things. They're just not talking because they don't want to be embarrassed. Coworkers, you know, I mean, you've just, you'll be humiliated in no time at all because people are cruel. You know how it is. Oh yeah. Say so at least nowadays, at least with uh, like podcasts like this and a lot of new information coming out. Um, it seems like it's, 
people are actually starting to come out of the woodwork and starting to share their stories because all it takes is just one person that has a similar story and now they feel like they have somebody they can tell it to. So honestly, I feel like doing all of this is helping out with bringing a lot more information to light and especially as far as like the kind of weird Sasquatch stuff goes because I mean, everybody that was digging into it, even if you had weird experiences 20, 30 years ago, everybody was in that, uh, it's an ape camp. And now that everybody's starting to kind of see all this other weird stuff or they could take it into consideration, now all of these people have had weird encounters 30 years ago are now bringing them up because now they actually see people in the community talking about it. So, I mean, honestly, with all of your research, it's all about bringing light to it. And I feel like you have brought so much light to this that, you know, we barely even scratched the surface on it. We've been talking for the past uh, hour or so. Um, we could easily, like don't you said, go till midnight and still be going on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll have to have you come on the show again. I mean, I feel like I've learned a lot tonight. And, um, you know, I'm really fascinated by how the Sasquatch phenomenon interplays with like the orbs and the UFOs and all that. So hearing you talk about you know, all the connectedness between these different phenomenon. That was really cool. I, I enjoyed that a lot. So thank you so much for sharing some of those weirder stories with us. Yeah. Here's one thing. Orbs are an accepted form of life in paranormal and ghost hunting. Why is it any different for Sasquatch? You know, it, it could be the same thing. They may have to, reduce themselves to an orb to go into another dimension. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the rules are? We don't know what the rules are, you know, but you know, they may have to do that to come and go from another dimension or another portal. We don't, we don't know, but enough people are talking about that, you know, you know, and, and some very devoutly religious people, the, the people I was talking about earlier that have a craft uh, that flies over their home every now and then. Uh, right before or after, they see orbs, and they're devout Christians, and they can delineate, delineate delineate between the two, between a demonic or a real something else that they just can't explain. You know, uh, and they've had their evil type things too. I mean, you know, devout Christians, you know, seem to get tested more than us people who aren't devoutly religious, you know, because we just go about our ways. We're kind of ignorant. <laughs> you know, whatever. So, but it's just, it, you know, orbs are an accepted form of transportation in, in uh, a living being in ghost hunting. So why isn't it, why is it that weird for Bigfoot? It shouldn't be. Because I mean, even when you get into like astral projections too, I mean, when you're astral projecting yourself, you could be coming off as like a ball of light, even though you're seeing yourself as a physical form could be the same for these things where they don't have a physical form until they come into this physical reality. But any other time they're transversing anywhere else, like I was saying, they may actually be these orbs and their physical way that they choose to present themselves in this reality is what we perceive as Sasquatch. Yeah, exactly. So my my whole thing and I'll shut up. I'll stop. Is <laughs> just have an open mind. You don't have to absolutely believe. Just consider it. Just consider the possibility. If it doesn't work for you, you know, I could be wrong. All my all our theories could be wrong, but we're, at least we're coming up with some theories. You know exactly. Yeah, you know, that we just have to have all these different uh, opinions and suppositions, and some of them we may have to toss out later. You know, well, I was wrong about that. Oh, well, we're just trying to get to the, you know, who, who they are and what they're doing here. You 
know, the government knows about them. They don't want us to know. That's that's why the big secret. We discover new animals and species every day. It's in medical journals and scientific journals. They just found a new beetle in Madagascar. I've got a friend who lives in Ecuador. That's all he does is uh, the insect research for the U.S. government on a grant down in Ecuador. And so, you know, they're they're. They're there. They're they're out there, but they don't want us to know. And why wouldn't they want us to know about just another dumb ape? What's the big deal? That, that's the hundred and fifty thousand million dollar question. You know? Well, and I think at some point, like you were saying, with you know the fish showing up in the pond and whatnot, like at some point, it becomes easier to believe that there's something legitimately strange going on than there's just all these coincidences and these you know, just happenstance yeah. things happening. Yeah. yeah. I don't believe in coincidences. Not at all. I mean, there's, you know, everything happens for a reason. I met my wife for a reason. You guys met for a reason. You know, I mean, yeah, there's synchronicity, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's that kind of thing. You're supposed to meet the person, you know, after your first marriage just go up in flames and finally meet <laughs> the most wonderful human in the world. You know what I mean? I mean, that, I just believe things are meant to happen based on the life you live, you know, Oh yeah, for sure. So good, bad, or different. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, I guess to uh, kind of start wrapping it up, and like uh, Warren said, we definitely want to have you back on the show to keep talking about this because we feel like we barely even scratched the surface. But uh, you've been talking a lot about your books, of course. And uh, for anybody that wants to come and find your books and start checking out your research, uh, where can they come and find your books at? And where can they come and find you on social media if they're interested in following you and sharing some of their stories with you? Okay. Well, you got my name printed up here, so uh, I'm on I'm on Facebook. Uh, under my name, Carter Bouchard. Uh, I have a, a website. It's called sqexplorer.com. That's my website. You can order the books from there. If you want, uh, if you go in the media section, I have about 50 or 60 uh, past podcasts. You can download any of them, stick them on your computer and listen to them later. It's a great little library. You know, some really bizarre stuff on there, you know. And uh, my email is sqexplorer at gmail.com, S-Q-E-X-P-L-O-R-E-R at gmail.com. Real easy, you know. I'm very creative, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, to make it quick and easy, I'll add it down in the show description for all the listeners, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, yeah. But, uh, you know, so if you got something you want to talk about, tell me, show me. Email me. I'm confidential. No one's going to know who you are, your name. I'm not going to post your stuff anywhere, you know, unless I get your permission. And then, you know, all all the people in my books are fake names, fake locations. Nobody, but nobody needs to know where you live and where this happened because it's not who you are or where it happened. It's what happened. So nobody's names are real in any of the books. You know, and the locations are exaggerated. You know, if it's Arkansas, it might be Louisiana, but you know, it doesn't matter. It, that stuff doesn't matter. Everybody goes, "What? Well, you know, I live in that part of the world. I mean, I'd know about that if I, if that was going on." Well, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't know it at all because with that attitude, you wouldn't know. <laughs> so we, we're, on on rare occasions, some people have tried to find out and driven by a property they have found out and driven by a property or two, uh, uh, not of my witness, well, one witness that happened, but it wasn't because of our communication, it was because they yacked everybody in town 
And so there's people out there looking around with guns and had flashlights looking for Sasquatch at night. So <laughs> you don't want that. So everything's everything in the book is anonymous. So share your stories. Don't be scared, guys. Because, of course, you might end up in the new next book, and then uh, you can always say, hey, that's me. Even if the names are changed, at least you'll know your story's published and your your words got out yeah. there. Because half the time, people just want, like you said in the beginning of the show, people to listen to their story. It's not necessarily about who's always going to believe it, but who's actually going to sit down and take the time to at least pay attention to the details of it. Yeah. It, it's it, These people are very uh, intelligent, and they are going through some bizarre stuff and you know some are devout christians some are like you know heavy duty rednecks and just non-believers just mean negative hateful people and you know all of a sudden they see something it changes everything it changes your entire life when you see one of these beings it, it, it does especially when you're convinced they do not exist mm-hmm. i've been hunting these woods for 30 years if i've seen if there's a sasquatch out here i'd have seen it i hadn't seen one so they don't exist but then you get a phone call about a year later. Uh, can we talk? <laughs> <laughs> I've had several of those. It's pretty funny. You know, uh, we have a laugh about it. You know, when they go, well, you remember that day I called you? Yeah, I remember you said, uh, here's a bunch of crap. There ain't no such thing. Now, <laughs> oh, you saw three of them. Okay. <laughs> so uh, things change for people. Uh, your reality changes depending on who you are, where you are, and what you believe, what you're open to, and stuff like that. So, and all it's sometimes all it takes oh, is that right experience, and then you can completely change your view yeah. on everything. <laughs> but I guess uh, with that, I appreciate we appreciate you taking your time to come on the show today. We definitely all enjoyed this conversation and learned a lot of new things about it. This whole Absolutely. phenomenon. So, yeah, it's it's just another point of view. Jenny, you got to keep your mouth closed. You're just <laughs> I'm the talker of the group. So, oh my God, I couldn't get a word in edgewise, girlfriend. <laughs> But no, Mr. Carter, thank you so much for coming on. Like I've enjoyed hearing your stories and you know, like we said, I'd love to have you come back on at some point and share some more with us. Let me know. That's what I do. <laughs> well, we appreciate it so much. All right, send me a link when you can. I'll share it I'll share it on all my, my media sites. So if you guys enjoyed the show, which come on now, you know you enjoyed the show. Uh, and even if you didn't, you guys can easily take an extra five seconds, if you guys don't mind, of course, to drop a five-star review for us on Spotify. And if you're willing to take an extra 30 seconds past that to type out a review on iTunes, we definitely appreciate it. And we would love to read that stuff out on the show. You guys can also share this episode with a friend if there's anybody that you feel might enjoy this topic. And again, any listeners out there that want to uh, contribute to the show in any way, reach out to us through social media or email at bizarreencounters@outlook.com. And as always, if you need to know any of this stuff, just hop over to the link tree in the uh, show description in the show notes. I've been Shane. I've been Macho Man Orrin Felix. And I've been Just Jenny. And uh, don't forget, guys, to always, always keep it bizarre. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>